Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I am a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Today's date is June 17, 2021, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 65, starting with On Our Grudge List, going through two resentment examples, Mr. Brown and Mrs. Jones. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Barbara E., Leon B., Deanna P., Andrea B., Tanya G., and our newcomer greeter, Karen K., and the host for the second unrecorded hour, Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, June 16th, 7 a.m., 17,163, that's 17163, and the 10 a.m., 17,164, that's 17164. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Andrea B. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Andrea. Thank you. Good morning. One, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you so much, Andrea. I will now ask for Tanya G. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Tanya. Thank you. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our great purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are both trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professionals, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I'll pass. Thank you so much. Tanya, okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 65 starting with on our grudge list going through two resentments Mr. Brown and Mrs. Jones and I'm going to ask Barbara E to get us started. Go ahead Barbara. Good morning everyone. This is Barbara E in New Jersey and honored to be trudging along with you. Page 65. On our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which had been interfered with? We were usually as definite as this example. I'm resentful at Mr. Brown. The cause is his attention to my wife. It affects my self-relation, my sex relations, and my self-esteem. He told my wife of my mistress. That affects my sex relations and my self-esteem. And my fear, notice, is bracketed in both. Mr. Brown may get my job at the office. That affects my security, 
my self-esteem. Mrs. Jones, she's a nut. She snubbed me. She committed her husband for drinking. He's my friend. She's a gossip. That affects my personal relationships, my self-esteem, and again, my fear. Well, it says in the book, in the big book, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. This requires complete disclosure, absolute honesty. I can make no excuses for my behavior, and I can't do this without a loving but honest sponsor. So no lying to my sponsor, only a thorough examination of my conduct to uncover the true me and my flaws. There's a grace that comes as a result of working all the steps and from practicing, practicing these spiritual principles every day by saying my own special prayers throughout my day and to make 10 steps calls to another as needed, to make and return calls when I'd rather be doing something else, doing something nice for someone and not revealing it was me, to review my plans for the day and realize that God may change the plan and I must accept it, and to listen to other members' suggestions and opinions and understanding the loving spirit in which they give their views, even if they don't agree with mine, to accept their opinions without defensiveness, reflect and see what fits for me and what does not, and then make my decision. I'm more likely to have God's clarity. A few things I've learned along the way. Anger is one of my major defects. And if I put a D in front of anger, it spells danger. And I've learned for me to compare myself is to despair. We're all on our own journeys as long as we're not stagnating, moving forward and doing it imperfectly but gratefully. So I ask my higher power to guide me to face my flaws, to trace them and erase them. Because when anger and fear take up space in my mind, it takes a giant megabyte out of my serenity. I've learned the antidote for fear is courage. When I first joined OA, I shied away from doing service. I told myself I don't know enough about this 12-step program to perform service. But the truth is I felt unworthy. But in order for me to reap the benefits, I had to get over the hurdles I set up to sabotage my own attempts at recovery. I had to courageously do it anyway, take the leap of faith that I might help just one person because I might be denying myself a tool that effectively enhances my recovery. And with this responsibility came teachability and humility, understanding, thank you, understanding the three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action to move me closer to the path of freedom for just one more day. Thank you, I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara, for getting us started. Okay, so we're going to ask for those who would like to share. And although we do value your experience, strength, and hope, 
we do ask that uh, you refrain from sharing till every third day so that everyone can have an opportunity to share. So that means if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, if you wouldn't mind, um, kindly hold off so that others can share their experience, strength, and hope. Okay, so who would like to share what was read on page 65? Please come in your name. Miss Baltimore. Wanda, yes. Chicago. Jackie B. Risk R. Baltimore. Risk R. Okay. Esther K. Chicago. Jackie B. Wanda, S-A-K. Chicago. <laughs> Wanda, I got gotcha. Um, I have Andrea. Didn't get the last initial. Wanda, Jackie B. Risk R. Esther K. Who else? Who did I miss there in that lineup? Was there somebody I missed? Okay, well, we have ourselves a good lineup here. Andrea, Wanda, Jackie, Risk, and Esther. Andrea from Baltimore, please go ahead. Andrea? I thought there was an Andrea. I think it was me, Adriana T. Adriana, please go ahead. Thank you. Okay, thanks. And hi, thank you for your service. Thanks for everybody being on the line today. This is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. And, uh, you know, when I first took my first four steps, um, I really didn't know what I was getting into. I really did think it was about um, everyone else and like, oh, I just got to get this garbage out. And um, then that was kind of the solution was like the catharsis of like getting all this stuff out. Um, But I've learned that it's really no, it's the transformation of like going from me having a grudge against someone to me seeing where I, you know, played a part in the situation or how my thinking has kind of distorted um, how I view the situation. And I think the biggest example I've had of that is um, with my dad, who was like the top person on my, always the top person on my four steps. Um, He's still an active alcoholic and, uh, you know, I just kind of had him out to be like the villain in my life, that um, he was the source of all of our family problems, and if only he would change, then, you know, our family would have been different. Um, My relationship with him would be different. And, you know, the more I kind of looked at the situation and um, looked at my part, and especially with what it affects, because when I saw that it affected my pocketbook, that kind of brought out some interesting things because, oh, since dad's, you know, kind of an unambitious alcoholic who, you know, is pretty self-centered, you know, he's not giving me uh, $10,000 at my wedding like my cousin, my uncle did my cousin. And, you know, that would have been really nice to like put $10,000 down in a house. And so, you know, um, I started to see that like, hmm, is my motive for wanting my dad to be in recovery for his best interest or for my best interest? And so I kind of started to see things about myself that I didn't before. And, um, you know, really seeing that uh, the reason I'm so mad is because I'm not getting something from someone that I want or um, 
they're not making me feel a way that I want. And um, I think the big aha was that I need to start getting what I need from God and not having these expectations of others um, to complete my needs. Or, you know, how about I make my own money? (laughs) That's another idea, you know. Um, So, yeah, it was a real growing up process for me and uh, radically changed my life. So the more I continue to do inventory. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Adriana. Wanda, you're up. Please go ahead. Hey, everybody. Good morning. I hope everybody has a great day. It's Wanda from Chicago. Listen, uh, this is so exciting because uh, I actually been in program 45 years, and I think I'm finally at a point where this all makes sense, and I think uh, I just could understand so much more, you know, what we're reading, and thank you for the comment before me. Yeah, fear, uh, F everything and run, or uh, face everything and recover. Okay, Uh, I got complaints, I mean, actually this morning, uh, you know, I'm complaining to my bird, you know, who's hearing, uh, you know, and uh, talking back to me, but I was, like, really complaining about an individual, and, you know, that is a resentment, and, uh, you know, I could get into that, but, you know, for me, uh, when I get wound up, I get, like, really, uh, you know, over the top, you know, injustice, you know, uh, you know, collecting injustices. It's actually an FBI term that they use, uh, you know, collecting injustices. I don't know if you understand that, but I, I really have to look at my uh, not going to God. I have to go to God for peace, and that brings me, uh, you know, solutions that work, because fear for me is losing, losing, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, my control, losing my, uh, you know, uh, getting what I want, someone mentioned that, you know, but losing, uh, you know, uh, you know, the the path in front of me and having to sacrifice, you know, and, you know, resentment against having to sacrifice. And uh, for me, uh, I think uh, sacrifice for me, that's what God wants me to do, you know, share experience, strength, and hope, forgive, love others, and uh, enjoy as much as I can today, but that was really fear of loss of enjoyment, you know, and the food used to be my enjoyment, and it's like the people in my life, but if one individual makes me unhappy, that's the focus, and, you know, there's no enjoyment, I can't enjoy myself, well, you know what, I I really have to look at what uh, I can uh you know, uh, 
be grateful for, and that brings a lot more satisfaction, which in turn, I guess, becomes enjoyment. But then I passed. Sorry, I took so long. Great, Wanda. Thank you so much. Jackie B., it's your turn. You have the floor. Good. Thank you. Good morning. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Yes, I'm here, still here just listening. Um, everybody was wonderful. The shares were great. I totally identify. Um, and let me tell you, as long as I've been in this program, which is over 28 years, 29 years, um, I am so, so grateful for the clarity today that the big book gave me. I, you know, I couldn't embrace the big book the way I should have when I first started this program because I was sitting with all these resentments, these fears, resentments, um, victimization, self-righteousness. All these things were the, you know, the barriers that kept me from accepting life on life's terms. And what life and life terms means that I don't get my way every single time. I don't, I can't manipulate or structure the world or people, places, and things to suit me because I'll never be secure. I'll never be secure if I do that. What I can do is look at how I act and react to the world. And that's what the fourth step is about is cleaning up all that stuff that I've piled up for years that kept me at 373 pounds, that kept me in fear, anxiety, and I'll say it in bags and boxes of junk, you know, outside with clutter and with food. And today... I am present because I discarded it. And today, I maintain it by reflecting and seeing where my part is in any situation. If I do something for, uh, you know, what I'm going to get back from it, it's not worth doing because it'll have a bigger price, a price of insanity, fear, anxiety, and frustration. If I do it with clean heart and clean purpose and with my higher power's guidance, then I've got a shot at reality. Um, Some of you know where I've been going through lately and with family members, but you know what? My program is stronger than ever today, and I'm amazed by it because you know what? I'm looking at the disease squarely in the face, and I'm working it. That means even if I don't like it, I do it. Because you know what? The alternative is not being able to clean my behind, not being able to face the world, not being able to live life on life's terms. And with that, I pass. So stick here, do it, and thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie. Okay, uh, Rivka from Baltimore. Hi. Hi. Yes, it's uh, Rivka R., um, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater in Baltimore, Maryland. And thank you, everyone, for your shares. Amazing. Um, these paragraphs, they just cut into the heart of the illness for me. I, I use resentment for false power, protection, security, 
and diversion from having to face myself, just like I used food for fake power protection, security, and diversion from having to face myself. I find resentment as cunning, baffling, powerful, and addictive as food was for me. Someone told me once that resentment is my ego's way of manufacturing power. I get to feel so right and so victimized, but it's bowing to a false god. Usually resentment gets thoroughly dealt with in a 10-step, but something happened this week that no amount of 10-steps seemed to dislodge. I would get temporary, temporary relief, and then it would slam into my consciousness again. So this is what I love about the big book, that Bill Wilson knew me so well. He knew the exact words that would slice into the heart and break up the plaque, the pack of lies that blocked me from the flow of life. So I dialed in yesterday, I dialed in a little bit late, and the first thing that just came booming through the phone was resentment is the number one offender. From its stem all forms of spiritual disease, we've been spiritually sick. I've read this, this paragraph countless times over the last 35 years, but it was exactly what I needed to hear just then, and it never gets old. It, like, popped a pus pimple in my psyche. Hey, Rivka, you are really sick. Yes, my spirit is diseased when I'm in the resentment, and today, in recovery, I had the choice to acknowledge the fears fueling the resentment and the desire for revenge and protection, which the resentment affords me, because now I don't have to be open and vulnerable and loving to the person I blame for the resentment. I can disconnect and withdraw and look my wounds and feel like this false protection, like, you know, I won't be hurt again. I'll show them. But, of course, I hurt no one but myself. And thank you, Bill, for these powerful paragraphs that rip into the heart of my disease and show me the truth again and again. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Rivka. Okay, Esther Kay, please go ahead. Hi, this is Esther Kay from Chicago. Thank you so much, Compulsible Reader. Um, I think some of the people touched already what I said, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, so really, it brings me back to why are we doing all this inventory? Um, what, what are we doing all this digging and this um, that causes us some more um, um, resentment and bad feelings because life, people, and things um, we'll continue doing whatever they were doing all the, all along, and I can't change them. But in order to stop eating over it, and in order to have my solution, with, which is relying on my higher power alone, I need to see my part in it, and I need to give it up and completely, and to learn completely to rely on God, because he is my solution. He is my power. And um, as long as I leave these resentments and do not um, find what's my part that I can change, this is going to block me from him and block me from the solution and not give me the power to be able to fight my addiction, my eating um, compulsively, because that's what I did in the past. If I had any resentment or anything bad that happened in my life, where did I go? I went to the food to, to ease it off. And I didn't deal with the situation, definitely did not see my part in it. This was all their fault. So so I love the way that he, that the big book makes it so clear, like what are we exactly looking for? Because me on my own, I don't know if I would come up with all these character defects. And it's very, it's amazing how those 
character defects really are the key um, things that cause me, that, that all these resentments bring me, come from, sorry. Um, yeah, so with that, I pass. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Esther. Okay, so we have time to take another lineup here. Who else would like to share? We're on page 65, going through the first two resentments, Mr. Brown, Mr. Jones. Barbara S. Darren K. Barbara Melissa Nancy P. Katie G. from Boston. Darren K. Katie G. Darren. Okay, hold on one sec here. Uh, I've got Barbara S. Nancy P, KDG, Darren K. Who did I miss? Melissa W. Melissa. Okay. Fran V. Fran Z. Anyone else I missed? Okay. Another awesome lineup. Barbara S, Nancy P, KDG, Darren K, Melissa W, and Fran Z. All right, Barbara, Barbara S., you are up. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Barbara from New York. Absolutely glad to be here and hear everyone. Um, as far as grudges, resentments, I woke up this morning with a resentment still in my head that was in for a few days. Well, mainly yesterday. Uh, I wrote out a 10th step to give away and I didn't make the call. As an example, two days before, I had a strong resentment to somebody that it, there's resentments from time to time and I gave it away to my sponsor and uh, me and this person, we had a wonderful, just a nice calm conversation last night. But as far as the resentment that I wrote out, and I can't give away, well, I don't want to say I can't because I'm sharing it now, so I will. Um, I realize that I, I'm realizing my part in it, and I don't want to deal with that. So um, I'm going to have to give it away, give it over, and, um, and to God too. And sometimes I forget about that to ask God for some sanity and um, pray for others, which I've been doing, and that's, that is a blessing. So good, glad to be here, and I love the big book, and I love this meeting, and I have to remind myself to work the program every day, all day. And um, now that I'm turning that over, that's a reminder because I don't know how many people I'm saying this to, but I'm saying it's a lot of people and to God. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Pass. Thank you so much, Barbara. Okay, Nancy P., your turn. You have the floor. Good morning. Thank you for letting me share. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. So, um, yeah, our grudge list, you know, and I have here in my notes, like, I have an infinite number of re resentments. You know, resentments are like DNA. You know, we all have the same, you know, components of DNA, but there's billions and billions of variations of all of us, of us human beings, and indeed every living thing on the planet. Um, so 
you know, you throw a resentment into the hopper, grind it up, or the sausage maker or whatever, and you, you come out with fear. So there's a finite number of fears. Um, and, you know, I personally think that this, you know, definite example that they give, the four things, I don't want to give away the plot, um, but um, <laughs> I think that this is like an entire fourth step inventory that they wrote. Like this is an entire fourth step inventory. And, you know, my attitude about resentments is, yeah, they're the number one offender, but once you take off the dress, the makeup, and the shoes, they're fears dressed up to go to the prom. That's what resentments are for me. And, um, you know, they're, they're, my fears are everywhere, but my resentments, they're disguising themselves, you know, as the guy that wouldn't take a right on red, the woman that snagged the last sweater, the person that got the last good broccoli or whatever, you know, the cut off in traffic. I mean, I've gotten temp steps for things like that. You know, people call me, I said, I need a temp step. Okay, somebody cut me off in traffic, whatever, whatever. And I remember calling a dear, dear friend in the program with an urgent urgent resentment that was completely justified from my job. And I needed to go into all the details because it was so completely not my fault and I had nothing to do with it. And so she let me go on for maybe mm, 10 seconds. And she said, she cut me off. She goes, okay, so we know we're angry. Where do we go from here? You know? And I was like, well, wait a minute. Don't you want to know about all the stuff that happened? No, because none of it matters. <laughs> You know, I'm mostly afraid. And what am I afraid of? I'm a human being. Like, I walk early in the mornings, and there's a scourge in my neighborhood of bunnies. They're everywhere, and they're fearless, and they're shameless. And, you know, I say to all of them, I hate you, and I wish you were dead. You know, and, and but I'm not a bunny, so I'm not afraid of the hawks, the lazy ones that live on the Catholic church cross and across the street from my house. They just sit there and don't, don't eat the bunnies. And, um, you know, so I'm not afraid to go out anywhere. I can, you know... I'm not afraid. I'm a human, so I have human fears. What am I afraid of? Just what they say. Sex relations, self-esteem, other people's opinions, security, whatever that sort of thing. And the only way to get, to get rid of those fears is through a spiritual awakening because I am just trapped with a crust that I can't get past, like a, you know, uh, just a scar tissue or whatever it is that, that, you know, natural green new growth can't get through that unless I have a spiritual awakening. So, um, you know, my fears are, are big, but they don't own me anymore. Thank you very much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay. Katie G. Hey, Amy. You're good morning. Up. Is, hey. Hey, good morning, Amy G. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered in Boston. You know, I have, I don't just have fear. For me, I have self-centered fear. So let's take a look at the reality of this. So I'm resentful at Mr. Brown, the cause, his attention to my wife. Where is that being perceived in my mind? I am resentful at Mr. Brown, the cause, told my wife of my mistress. Where is the, where is the problem? Well, I have a mistress, so again, I am making a problem. Mr. Brown, oh, fear, future, Brown may get the uh, job at my office. Mrs. Jones, she's a nut, so I'm judging her because I think she judged me. I think she snubbed me. But I'm not just a human being. I don't come to Vision for You and Overeaters Anonymous every day because I'm a human being. I come because I'm an addict. And these, this thinking, this anger, absolutely is only stemmed by, by fear. I couldn't agree more. There are only so many fears. And when I'm afraid, I'm judging you. When I'm afraid, I'm like, hey, hubs, nice tone of voice right? Because it's all about me. There's no way that it could be about anybody else. 
And the problem, the difference between me and typical humans, and the reason I'm committed to Overeaters Anonymous is because my hubs can rage at someone. He can say, you're a dork and I don't like you. And he can move on. The problem is I have a resentment machine in my head. So if I lash out at someone or I'm thinking about lashing out at someone, I am repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And I am creating an entire blockage so that when that idea says, Katie, you know what? An extra pickle is going to do it. I don't have a connection to God to tell me otherwise. So yes, that is why this is so, so dangerous. And what I love about this is that it, I'm, I'm fighting for my life. Like you can hear the tone like, oh my gosh, he's going to get, he's going to get my job. He's, he ruined my marriage. I'm going to die. I don't know if you relate to that, but I um, am a pretty dramatic addict. Like things happen and I'm like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. And what I love about the fourth step and ultimately my 10th step, which remember we're on the fourth step, so we're learning a new language, is that I learn this language that frees me from the bondage of the prison of my mind. This isn't looking at my part. My part is my brain. I have a sick brain that processes all of everything that happens around my fear. But today, thank you, God, I don't have to do that. I can ask God, who would you have me be? How can I not take it personally? How is this not about me? But again, I just want to bring to everyone's attention, we're fighting for our life because we think our life is in danger. And the only way to get free of that is to continue with the work and see where I'm wrong and where God's right. Thanks, Amy. Awesome. Awesome, KG. Okay. Darren Kay, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Karen Kay from Syracuse, New York, and um, I'm a recovered compulsive eater and my greatest stone transfer. I couldn't get through for the, new, for the newcomer reader, but I'm more, I am ready if you still need me. The past two shares have been awesome. Uh, it's, for me, I've, I've always believed it was about my self-centered fear. I can totally identify with that because it's, it's all about me. I'm the center of the universe, and... I need to be rid of these fears and make my uh, God bigger than fear, make God so much bigger than my fear. I went to um, confession once, um, and I told this priest I I was resentful towards him. And he looked at me, he goes, well, I don't see why you would be resentful towards me. I then God just gave me these words. I said, you don't have a mind of an addict. And we were actually having a dialogue during confession and seeing, you know, how unreasonable my mind was. And he was so patient with me. And and I really believe that for me, it's always been about fear. Yes, dishonesty, you know, and, you know, and the cause and the effects and all these things, but it's always about fear. Fear, 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 fear is in brackets for a reason. Because it starts there, then I go to the other defects as quickly as possible. My addict mind will want me to go there. And this this whole area of the four step is to set me free. Fearless and searching. Fearless and searching. That's why I, that God I define and have that relationship in step three is so very important. Because I can go into step four and I do these resentments, fears, and 
sex and sex relationships and clean house as well as I can so I can be set free. With that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Karen Kay. All right, Melissa W., please go ahead. Melissa W., compulsive overeater uh, in New York, grateful to be here. Um, you know, I just had to laugh as I was reading this because, I, you know, I have to admit, <laughs> I've worked multiple four steps, and I, I always sort of, like, just gloss over the columns because I'm like, yeah, okay, I get the formatting. And I really read this today because his attention to my wife, told my mistress, my wife, sorry, his attention to my wife, told my wife of my mistress, like, what? That's insane. I'm resenting him because he told my wife of my mistress. And yet, that's not insane to me because those are the exact kind of resentments I had. And so here are like my basic problems. Number one, as I'm told in step two, I am insane because in step two, I have to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And my other problem is like, I don't know the true from the false, um, which the book also tells me. And yet in the beginning of chapter five, I'm told that I need to have the capacity to be honest, to recover. And so as I look in this chapter, I mean, the word honesty is everywhere as it is in the book. And my entire recovery is predicated on the ability to get honest. And, you know, in the preceding, uh, preceding paragraph, it says we took stock honestly um, and that, you know, being convinced itself manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. And that's what I really need. I mean, on a daily minute by minute basis is that I need to be convinced. And we see that word all over the book. Like, I need to be convinced that the self is the problem and that God is the solution, not that Mr. Brown is the problem or Mrs. Jones is the problem, but that I'm the problem. And in order to do that, I need this process. I need a higher power to restore me to sanity. I need great sponsorship to walk me through this, to help me not spend a ton of time on the cause section so that I'm writing my narrative. Because my narrative is mythology. It's an old narrative. It's not true. But I believed it was true because I didn't know the truth from the false. And I needed to go through this exercise with someone who had been there before, who identified, who had had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps to help me understand that. Um, and so I'm really grateful to all of you and thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Melissa. Okay. Fran Z, you're up, please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Fran Z recovered in um, New Jersey. So grateful for this meeting and this God-given program. And as I was doing my step 11 this morning, I came across two meditation books um, and both of them were on anger and resentment. And um, I had to say, there's no coincidences. So one reminded me that the best way to deal with anger and resentment was to take steps four through nine as often as necessary and step 10 daily. And the other one um, explained that anger is a tumor of bitterness, black, menacing, malignant, carcinoma of the spirit. 
And I felt it couldn't be described any better than that. Um, those are the things that block me off from the spirit of light and healing and truth. Um, and that I can't change the past, but I can change my response to it. There are some things in the past that um, I don't have a part. DNA does not apply. Um, but in my adult life, I certainly got the ball rolling many, many times. And without this program, I wouldn't be aware of that. And without this program, I wouldn't have a higher power that can heal me, give me a life beyond my wildest dreams, even amongst painful circumstances and things that go on. So um, thank you for letting me share. I'm so grateful for this program. Thank you so much, Fran. Okay, so we have about uh, 10 minutes, so we can take a couple of folks who would like to share, maybe three. We're on page 65, starting with our grudge list, going through two resentments, Mr. Brown and Mrs. Jones. Patty F. in Massachusetts. Patty F. Sonia A. Sonia A. Blanca B.G. Blanca? Yes, Blanca B. Okay, let's go with that. Patty F, Sonia, Blanca B. Go ahead, Patty. You're up. Hi, this is Patty F from Massachusetts. Um, I'm glad so many people brought up fear today because I have a bad problem with fear. And um, and seeing the resentment in Tori, I see where my resentments are caused by, well, not caused by, but I have to own them and and um, do the work to get rid of them. And um, so I can live happy, joyous, and free and stay away from the food and just uh, do what I need to do to um, have a good life. So thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Patty. Okay. Sonia, you're up. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Sonia A. in Boston area and grateful to be here. Thank you so much for all the shares. Um, I just am finishing my fourth step and well I guess the fifth step and um, I have done this step before and I am realizing that um, you know to the next level it's like holding a resentment um, holding an a grievance really that that resentment it's so clear that that is the like the anchor to keeping me in this um, in this illness, and over and over and over again, what I come to is that I have a ton of resentments towards myself. So a big part of what um, happens for me is that I, it's easy for me to forgive. I think it is at least. You know, I'm I'm inviting God into this share too. Um, I wasn't really planning on sharing or wanting to, but um, I you know, the opportunity presented, so I'm opening my mouth. But um, I know that there's more being revealed this time around, right? It's like if I really had cleaned house, I wouldn't have needed to do this again, right? Or that's not true. I, I don't even know if that's true. We just have to keep on rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. 
Um, but I do know that today, the opportunity to really realize that when I hold resentment, when I keep a grievance, it's blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit. It's blocking me from my connection to my higher power. It's distracting me from the focus of how can I get closer to my God today. And really, I constant. what happens for me is that I constantly just say, no, 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 it's not them, it's me. No, it's not them, it's me. No, it's not them, it's me. I'm always willing to blame myself um, deep down. So I am looking at the process of how can I really forgive myself on a daily basis um, this time around because I, I, I feel that I'm just constantly um, – looping in an old story that isn't serving me anymore. And so today I need my relationship with God. I live and move within that that space. And I only want that connection first and foremost. And I can't access it if I don't do that inventory, if I don't do that really honest deep dive around what's really going on. And the, the truth is my perception is distorted. And so that's where I get all kind of like, okay, well, I know what I know for today. And that's where getting it out on paper, praying, doing my meditation, and really sharing it with someone else, hearing from other people helps me. And I just trust that God is is sort of transferring a message through his people. Um, thank you so much, and um, I pass. Thank you, Sonia. Okay, Blanca, please go ahead. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, the shares are just wonderful. And <laughs> Once again, I'm reminded of that um, uh, Mandela, just Mandela's uh, said about resentment. It's like uh, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's just you know because I've I've spent so much of my life being a big walking resentment, and and what I realize now is the basis of that resentment has always been looking back now and because of the grace of this program. My insisting that others be responsible for my happiness. You know, you will be responsible for my happiness. You will make me happy. And if you aren't, then, you know, off of your head. (laughs) And, you know, that's something that this program has helped me understand and realize. No one is responsible for my happiness. No one is responsible for how my life goes and acceptance of my life but myself, me. And um, it's amazing. Someone said there are no coincidences. I, uh, my son is in the process of moving, and I've been helping him, and, he's, and I've been so happy that I've been able to do that. So um, uh, my sister had called me and, and said she was going to come here to help him as well. Well, years ago, I would have been, before program, you don't need to come and help my son. I can help him. I'm everything to him. We don't need you because of issues that we had between us that Thank you, God. It's not like that anymore. I'm so grateful she's coming to help him. Why wouldn't I be? The more people that love my son, the happier he is. And that makes me happy. And this is just one example of the way I've been able to, to change in this program and to, um, and to accept the love and everything, the good and the bad in people. And therefore, so many of my resentments have begun 
to evaporate. They disappear, and I'm so grateful for that. I pass. Thank you so much, Blanca. Uh, We have time for one more share. Who would like to chime in? Sarah R. from New York. Go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead, Sarah. Good morning. Are you all able to hear me? I can hear you now. Awesome. Hi, everyone. Good morning. This is Sarah R. from New York, Compulsive Overeater. I love this meeting so much because, um, you know, the shares that everybody had was so powerful. I get angry at someone when they don't do what I want and the concept of, you know, complete, complete, like a brick wall blockage of sunlight of the spirit. When I came in to program, everyone's like, just do the steps. I'm like, no, it's about the food, but it's, it's, it's not. And I learned that every single day. And I, I just, you know, exactly the way it goes into it, you know, come on, Mr. Brown, who gave you the right to tell my wife about my mistress? And, you know, whatever it is that shows up in my life or in your life, you know, there's just these people that just won't go along with all the garbage, you know. And part of living as an addict, outside, in addition to the food, is all of these obnoxious behaviors that I've just, you know, that I've used over the years. My, my little niece... Her, her, she's like in second grade, and her, her class, they wrote a book together, and we went to the play to celebrate the author's celebration, and what was the play about? Every single girl in the class wrote a problem. Dear, and, and it said, like, I have a problem. Um, I don't know what to do. And then every girl in the class wrote a solution, and I'm thinking in my head, holy cow, this is why I'm an addict. These are basic, basic things. I'm hungry but I want to go to sleep. What do I do? I'm angry at a friend. What do I do? I didn't learn that. I did not learn that. All I learned was anger and fear and resentment and all of those things. And that's why I have to work this program. I have to. So um, thank you so much for all of your shares because it reminds me every day that I have to keep showing up in order for me to have a good life and for everyone I surround myself with. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sarah, for taking us out. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up. Thank you to everyone who shared for an awesome meeting. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's Vision for You meeting, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Thursday, June 17, 2021, is 17,168. That's 17168. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Leon B., could you please take us out? This is Deanna P. I was actually looking for Leon. Are you filling in for Leon, Deanna? Uh, Nope, this is Leon Sorry, go ahead. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Leon. 
Uh, Booker's B, excuse me, Leon B. gracefully recovered from principal assumption line up. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation that you can do what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.